Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode contains graphic content, including, but not limited to, copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, be they infants or immortals, fantasy drug use, nudity, mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. Be fruitful and become many. Welcome to House Common Blood. I am Gray, your DM and host, and we're a D&D 5e podcast currently playing the adventure Hangman Marches Storms. This story follows a group of misfits facing sentient calamities threatening to destroy the world, led by a Genasi army called the Rebirth Bastion. In a nutshell, our party of former prisoners, once used for covert operation, uh, covert operations by Giuliano's government embarks on a journey. They are confronted by an emotional vampire controlling the town of Sham, which was made of a thinking slime mimic, a sentient calamity. After a fierce battle, they defeated the vampire, but not without consequence, such as a curse from a Hague, as an example. Having broken free from uh, imprisonment, the group sets off, even delivering cookies to another Hague. However, one member of the party was cursed to kill a living seal, le leading them to a dungeon with a burial site for a Tarrasque. This dungeon was created by an architect wizard turned elder brain named Owen. To break the curse, they agreed to an unusual pact, transplanting the elder brain of the wizard into the skeleton of a Trask. Unbeknownst to the party, and possibly even to Owen himself, during the uh, pact to break uh, the curse, our poor gal, Aluya, was turned into a Genasi. Adding to the intrigue, a fire Genasi necromancer named Phoenix, serving as lieutenant to Infernalex, the Ashbringer, that very necromancer who tried to free the undead Tarrasque has been defeated in the grave of ill omens. I am joined here today by my players, Mega. Hello, I am Mega, and I play the Otterboy Triton Eddie, Bastard class, also playing Eddie, and basically any other similarly named character. Maybe even ones with a different name. Ooh. Highly doubtful. Nita? Bam, bam, bam. Nita here. I play Aluya Allblack, the human cleric sorcerer. As well as Rakuzin. Hey, yo, what's poppin', y'all? I play Mavet Soha Fidosh, the glue that holds the party together and sometimes makes the biggest blunders out of the party as well. Holy shit, I like that spunk. And Moo. Hello, my name is Mooming. I sound horrible due to being sick, but I usually play... A person that's always on fire, Seer, my Genasi Artificer Alchemist. All right. Well, I gave you guys the rundown of exactly what happened this session, but 
I guess uh, a few things are in order specifically on what was accomplished uh, on our last session. Uh, if memory serves, uh, you guys were investigating uh, Owen's dungeon, doing a little bit more research after Nita's resurrection. And you guys discovered a sentient calamity within the dungeon. Its mind and body split apart, and it acts as a power source for the dungeon, although it's not capable of speech. The party is still uh, talking amongst themselves on how much Owen truly knew, but uh, no questions have been answered because right now, after the resurrection, he is in a bit of a hibernation uh, state. Furthermore, you guys went on uh, overland, went into uh, the forest, and decided to seek an audience with uh, Melora, uh, your guide being Oakley. When you guys got before the tree, it was discovered that possibly the party didn't have a common language to share with the tree. So we were using the uh, the child guide as a uh, <laughs> intermediary to uh, the tree, which uh, didn't turn out too well because it was a game of uh, bad telephone. It wasn't until Rakuzin, Mavet, decided to uh, act as uh, the translator, the spokesperson to the tree. To what she said, at least one of you doesn't speak uh, those filthy tongues and speaks a true noble language. Ready to get back into this? I know Moomin is. Bring it to the tree. All right, guys, here's what we do. We speak the language my people speak and light the tree on fire. Mavet, you stand before the tree. You're speaking Druidic. Uh, just like I said in the recap is where we're picking off. What do you say to the giant-ass blue-leaf tree? Hello, mighty one. My name is Mavet Soha Fidash. It is Lady Melora to you. I apologize, Lady Melora. You just hear the whistle on the wind. And uh, how exactly does this sound from uh, Mavet speaking? Because you don't have to imitate like how I'm describing the tree speaking. Like, how, how do you speak Druidic? So what the party would hear, since they do not know Druidic, would be like, woof, woof, meow, and other various noises coming out of Mavet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So it's a, a variety of uh, bestial noises. I like that. We wish to, for you to have us in your audience today for my friends here have some questions for you. I heard from my herald, Oakley, that you wish to receive my blessing to walk on the grave of ill omens, and furthermore, interact with the Tarrasque. You can hear that the wind uh, goes from a whistle to a, a fierce gust. Yep, that pretty much sums it up. Goldfish noises go on the wind. Oh, bruh, what's she saying? She, she seems a little, um, feisty about the ill omen stuff. Oh, did you, like, give an explanation for why we had to do that? Well, I'm, I'm not that good at, like, you know, the, the nice things. I'm kind of blunt with it as I show my stumpy hand. Um, how do you think I should, um, say it to our lady? Oh, she prefers to be called lady. Okay. Uh, so, and say something like, so, 
Well, my lady, we came to the grave under a very special circumstance. There was an evil being that wanted to take advantage of the body that was buried there. And the guardian, who had been like super wounded, gave us permission to go into the grave so that we could handle that situation in his stead, promising we'd leave after we needed to, after we took care of the situation. My lady, this guardian dude you had back there, he let us in. Um, he gave us permission. The who lets you in? Yeah, that dude. You just see the branches begin to move. Well, he let us go in because there was a, a mean person there. There was a trespasser in the grave of ill omens. Yes. Emphasis on was. What a disgrace of a guardian. Hey, maybe you need some new guardians. As Mavet flexes his muscles. Yes, I suppose it does. Well, anyways, we, he gave us permission. We took care of the trespasser. And now we're back. So we did a good thing. It, is this where you want to make your uh, persuasion check, or do you want to add a little bit more weight to it? <laughs> so, if it wasn't for us and the blessing of your guardian, who had your best interests in mind, I believe something bad could have happened to the Grave of Ill Omens, or it would have been no more with what they were planning. Okay, so lay it out for me, Mavet. Like, just uh, bluntly. What's your position here, from what you've said? If it wasn't for us, the Grave of Ill Omens could have been destroyed by this evil entity. But we were given permission and didn't trespass um, into the Grave of Ill Omens. We did our job that we asked to do and fulfilled our duty, granted by your guardian. Before I have you make the, the check here, um, I think uh, the final thing Melora would say to you is, And what proof? do you have that my guardian gave you permission to enter? Am I supposed to just trust your word? Well, seeing how great and mighty you are, Lady Menorah, you could... Did you say Lady Menorah? <laughs> Menorah, sorry. You'll let it slide once. Try that shit again. <laughs> we would... You could easily dispatch of me if I were to lie to you, but we share the same tongue. So I see no reason to lie to one that I look upon so fondly. What order do you follow? What circle compels you? As Mavet's little spores begin to darken around him into a pair of kind of, it looks like glitchy wings on his back as he stands upright towards Our Lady. The circle of spores. There's five minutes of silence. Do you interrupt it? No, I speak when spoken to. Does anyone else uh, break the silence hearing no more animal noises or wind? All right. After five minutes, we hear... Well, actually, during that five minutes, I would like a persuasion check. And because of uh, the weight that you added to it and the fact that you provided a, a circle... Uh, as uh, you're a collateral, the weight behind your words. I will allow a straight persuasion check instead of added disadvantage. So give me a straight persuasion roll and 
anyone has guidance or anything you want to add to it, speak now or forever hold your breath. Mavet's deep in pondering. I just give him a little... Oh no, I can't touch him. Never mind. I take it back. Nope. Come on, touch him. Nope. But Eddie is right there, and his touches are are gentle and loving. Oh, wow. <sighs> yeah. I will only flash of genius, depending on the number, but also how it's taken aback, and maybe see if Sierra will yell, yell it out. So do I have guidance and a plus one? Guidance, plus one, and uh, possibly a plus five if you fail. So, yep, 1d4 plus one. Added on Actually, to it. it's a plus six now. Okay. Do you use that flash of genius towards a 15? Actually, uh, when can you do it? Is when you hear the result or only after you see the roll? Basically, well, I'm doing it for flavor because the idea is that unless I know, like flash of genius is kind of like you throw something in the middle to make someone succeed. So it's like if they're about to hit by a fireball, you go like, um, duck, you know, that's how I flavor it. So. I think in the case of, like, Seer, I can almost imagine just, like, oh, by the way, don't forget this. Because, like, even though you didn't hear it, it's just like, hey, really, don't forget this. This is really important. <laughs> yeah, don't forget this detail. Here, take this detail. And plus six. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, this is a, a situation where, yeah, Flash of Genius applies after you see the roll, but uh, before uh, the result. All right, so you would like to add this? Correct. Okay, and you said six, so that'd be 21. Okay, if that is correct, then again, the silence uh, passes, and we hear Melora speak once more to Mavet, the tree man, as she goes, If by your word of the circle of spores, then it is so. It is so. So you got, so you have the blessings of my guardian, to enter the grave of ill omens. And for that, I will not, I will not hold any punishment or ill will towards you for this one transgression. Thank you. We appreciate your generosity in this matter. But I still hold firm. I will not allow you to enter the grave anymore. Stay far away from it. And this is where you can start pushing forward. Oh, bruh, how did it go? Well, she was okay with us because we got permission from the Guardian, but she still doesn't want us to go back in there. So, I tried everything. <laughs> Do we, um... I just love the huddle. I just, I just love the huddle after each little conversation. It's just like, one second, please. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, we kind of don't have to huddle because apparently this being doesn't understand common, so... Don't have to. But, uh... Well, at least we're on their good side, right? So we can actually press further, can't we? Yeah, I believe we could. And if that doesn't work, we can make her look like Seer. Seer puts her finger up and then just goes, no. I mean, like... During that five minutes, I was, like, thinking of different things we could, like, say about the body in the in the grave. That, and I would think this might work. Okay. Let us play the game that the Herald played. O okay. So, like, my lady, and, like, and like before he said, like, say, like uh, going briefly back to Mavet, let me know what she says in between. Mm. Uh, my lady, may I ask a question? 
translated through Mavet. And, well, I, I need to understand. Are, are you informing? Well, yeah, it's fairly obvious. We see uh, one creature speaking, then Mavet, I would assume, looking towards Eddie, then towards uh, Melora. <laughs> um, I think uh, in this uh, a scenario, before she even answers your question, she... Let me make real quick. Hang on. One second. Don't worry about this. Okay. Um, she might uh, say something along the lines of, I wish to know the otter's name. No. <laughs> yeah. You, like, uh, you, you don't have to uh, translate everything that's uh, uh, being said, but yes, you can uh, flavor up like uh, the translation. Yes, it's fun because I'm adding thematic to yeah, it. Yeah, go right ahead. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay. So as Mavet says, Eddie, you hear the sound of an otter rubbing a little stone in its hand, skating across the water. Yeah, give yourself inspiration for that. I like that. That's good. And then you hear him say it again, but this time it sounds a little off, like the rock fell into the water. (laughs) So, So he said Eddie twice. I believe you, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you did introduce yourself to begin with, right, Mabet? I, I feel like that was... Uh, yeah. It, yeah, well, if it hasn't been established, yeah. If it hasn't been established, it, it's been established. Uh, I think she would say something of, uh, Mavet of the Spores, do you vouch for Eti? He is like the sapling I never knew, helping to strengthen my growth so yes i do your words are as mighty as an oak (laughs) yes eddie you may ask a question all right she said we good hey my lady over the time that the grave has been established how many have attempted to trespass into its earths my lady over the time since you have created the grave How many people have transgressed on your will and have trespassed on your land? Only once prior. It was by a skeleton by the name of Orancelli. And it is why we are strict with the grave. He brought back to life the Tarrasque. And I'll go ahead and relay that to um, Eddie. Mm. Yeah, you know, skelly boy, Orancelli. Brought back that, um, that Tarrasque, so he was the only one. Mm, yeah, sounds like a bad dude. Um, sounds like a very familiar dude, as, uh, you recall your shackles. Uh, like, uh, Eddie will even say, like, uh, in response, uh, my lady, we too have suffered by the man who goes by this name and understand the danger that he poses and has posed. Is that so? You feel a light wind go through your fur, Eddie. Feels nice. Although, my lady, I do have a fear. It's like the one who trespassed on your grave today. So long as the body is there, more and more trespassers will come in hopes of claiming the body, and thus more people will be treading upon the land you so wish to protect. That is so, yes. Your words have weight to them. So, would it possibly not be better for, in two ways, that 
your land as well as the body can be defended, but in a new way. What possible method do you have in mind? Uh, it comes in two parts, if you would be willing to listen to both. And I guess for reassurance, she might ask Mavet once more, considering the gravity of the topic. Druid, do you truly stand by this man in everything he has to offer and say? I would lay down my life for him, for he gave me back mine. It may be so. Yes, <laughs> that ominous response. She will say to Eddie once more, and it is your choice whether you want to relay that kind of response to Eddie. Uh, so far, I've been assuming you've been translating everything as we go. But uh, towards Eddie, she will say, continue. Are you relaying that or just like keeping that to yourself? Yeah, that, that's an important question, Mavet. Yeah, I, I'm keeping that to myself. Eddie doesn't know that need to know I love him. Yeah, yeah. Well, the more important part is you're potentially laying down your life depending on uh, how she takes uh, Eddie's uh, 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 method in mind. Yeah, that's okay. He doesn't need that weight on his shoulders. Okay. I'm just making sure you, the player, understand that there could be some serious ramifications that another but player... We've might. been over this so many times. <laughs> okay. Just, just want to make sure. Yeah, Mega, you, I would presume that you heard continue, and that is it. Although it mm. is a little weird that you felt uh, extended wind and gusts in between that one answer response. <laughs> really? That's how you say continue? <laughs> it's the weirdest blowjob I've ever gotten. But, uh, but anyway, continue. On the first part, for my concern for your land, perhaps it would be better for... Uh, the body to that lies within the grave would be possibly moved to another place in this way none would be tempted to come to your lands and trespass upon them and to dirty its soils are you suggesting to exhume the body of the trask uh, unfortunately my lady that would be the only way to move the body i do not suggest it with i do not suggest it easily and I understand the importance of allowing what lays to rest to stay rest. We cannot deny that, but we cannot deny that a being of evil power has already given it life after it has been buried, and that will continue to be a problem. And I presume your second step in this method is to deal with that? It's like uh, Eddie nods and continues. Second step is the most important part. It has been turned into what we might call an undead. And by, as you already know, my lady, by removing it from the grave, normally it would be allowed to wreak havoc upon the natural world outside of the grave. And that would not be ideal, correct? You are correct, young otter. Oh, instead, why don't we give the body a different will? And that would not be inclined to do such chaos upon the world and essentially serve as the body's guardian by taking possession of it themselves. That sounds... that sounds wise, but I can see fault in it. What insurance do I have that this new will will not be as despicable and evil as the natural beast itself? Oh, my lady. As, be, as a being as powerful as you are, 
Are you not unable to create binding contracts with mortals? Now that you mention that, there is a circle that I lend my power to, to do such a thing. How would you know of that? I have made many connections with many different people around the world. I, I'm sorry to break from character quick, but that, that, that is a very good point to take, because yes, this is where uh, the Hags also drive, uh, drive their power from. Oh, that, is, that is excellent. Uh, <laughs> is that so, Otter? Yes, Eti. I could do such a thing. In essence, all you would need to do is, in exchange for allowing this being to serve as the body's guardian and to control his actions, that you would be able to govern what actions are and aren't allowed to be done with the body. Magically seal it in the form of a contract. God damn. I was going to have you roll for this. Because, again, it is a very far-fetched and fucking crazy plan, but that is a very good solution to really close out. <laughs> Basically, Eddie's trying to kill two problems with one stone because the party had concerns about what Owen would do with the body, and certainly Melora would as well. But in doing this, not only would Owen get what he wanted, but the party could be set at ease at letting Owen have access to the body because he wouldn't be able to do anything untoward with it. Okay, then I suppose let, let's not, uh, weirdly enough, let's not focus on the uh, Tarrasque in the room. I guess uh, to proceed things forward, she'd go, yes, yes, that is wise, Otter. Yes, I shall speak to Yorgu and make some plans. Perhaps I can contact, yes, the Hags. Yeah, it, it appears she is not aware of Yorgu's fate. Oh. Oh, right, that was his name, wasn't it? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, my lady, in service to you, I'm afraid that Yorku has perished. Um, the, uh, the chirping of birds in the forest begin to... The, yes, the chirping uh, of the birds in the forest begin to die. The rustle of uh, the grass begins to still. And there is no wind, only the ringing of your ears in this unnatural silence in the woods. And I believe she might say, after, again, another five minutes of silence, it would be, is that so? Uh, yes, the the one who trespassed upon your grave, it had, he had an unfortunate effect on Yorgu. He perished for it. We shall, we shall hold a ceremony tonight, but... We must deal with one obstacle. Your plan is sound, young otter. Etty, I wish for a guardian before the door, and then you shall have my blessing. Furthermore, there has been some trash left in my forest that I wish to be rid of. Uh, what trash do you speak of, my lady? It was once an abomination of the Zombrium, a collection of vines and wood. Each step it took infected my forest. And now, now it lurks in the smoke. I wish to be rid of it. You wish to have it removed from this place? It is difficult to say now. So much has changed recently. Yes, when it was infected by the Zombrium, I wished nothing more for it to just perish. Now I just wish for it to be out of my woods. 
or at least ensured it will cause no harm. Uh, my lady, if you would permit me, I believe with my own power, I could ensure that it could no longer do any harm. You have such power? Uh, I've, through my many connections, I've already been able to incapacitate the evil that laid within. There's like Eddie, it, but it kind of like occurs to Eddie for uh, uh, like something and actually would, like, would see if he can, can confirm it. And actually, I think we might have a suitable guardian through this same through this same entity. Oh, so fast. Yeah, just like almost like Eddie is going to see if he can confirm. He's actually going to try and see if he can connect to the former Mavet body that was originally overtaken by the Zombrium. Yes, Eddie. That is what you hear in your mind, Eddie, when you make a connection. Uh, this is Eddie. Where are you right now? I am where I need to be. Do you need to know more? I believe I have a place where you need to be. Could you perhaps follow the connection to me? Do I have to? This feels like it could be a trap. Like we're connected, right? Would I try to entrap you? That I am not sure of. But I guess I shall keep my reservations to myself. I will follow the connection, but I will be watching. All right, bruh. See you in a sec. So does everyone wait patiently for this creature to approach? Oh, by the way, it's like uh, the I, the player, it's like uh, would love to be able to like uh, go through like all of the things along the way. It's like uh, that this creature might have to go through in order to get to this location. Uh but could I just say for the sake of brevity that Eddie warns this Mavet of the uh, of the traps that would more than likely be <laughs> between him and just to brevity's sake. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no issue. Uh, he's in the woods. Uh, uh, again, I, I assume that for most cases, except for very specific uh, circumstances. But yes, uh, there's no traps, no uh, no issues. You guys are both in the woods. It is about closing the distance, uh, emerging from the fog. Um, but yes, if you guys wait, it will take about uh, 25 minutes. And for 25 minutes, there is silence. Unless you guys decide to speak among each other. Approaching 1 o'clock, we hear the distant thump. And... For uh, the sake of uh, identifying differences, much like how we have Eddie, Echo Knight Eddie, uh, new Mavet and old Mavet is what I will use as a distinction between the two. New Mavet, this thumping is very reminiscent of what you heard within you. Just that lingering connection that you have with this creature is becoming stronger and stronger the closer you get. I think somebody's nearby, Eddie. Oh, don't worry. It's just you. That would be fun to see. I wonder how I look. Oh, yeah. You want to see how you look? Well, that became the more scary version of the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I would describe it, is imagine, like, uh, the form of... Uh, Beast from Beauty and the Beast, but made of uh, wood and uh, vines that have taken a more like a, a smoke-like appearance. As it walks, each breath it takes, we see a huff of smoke and two blinding 
yellow eyes that glow from within it. It is hulking. It is massive. Size category, I would call this a huge creature. And it has an arsenal of uh, badass abilities that you guys could have uh, uh, faced in combat. But for now, he seems like an uh, ally. Or at least, uh, at the very worst, neutral to your guys' presence as it approaches. Mavet, what does old Mavet say? I have come as you instructed, Eddie. What do you wish now? Uh, hey, thanks, bruh. Uh, how are you feeling? I feel strong. Like, was it something super recent? Or... Actually, does he appear to be like, uh... Like, does he appear to have, like, the, that smoky quality, or... Yes. He, uh, he has it uh, looming around him, and it's uh, accentuated with each breath as he adds to the cloud. Uh, an interesting thing I should mention is uh, the pollens around uh, this mob vet have a uh, an assortment of colors. It's like looking into a kaleidoscope when you look at each of these pollens. Good representation. Yep. <laughs> It took me a second. Uh, but as it does uh, stand before you, you see its feet rooting into the ground. Uh, are you still, like, looking for purpose? To become the strongest there is. There's no more fitting purpose. And does old Mavet recognize new Mavet as being, like, the same person? Uh, it's like looking at a, a distorted mirror. Uh, much like a, a, a mirror at the circus. Like, vaguely, it looks like you. It has the qualities of you, but it definitely isn't you anymore. Without strength, I would remain as that over there. Like, well, you do you, bruh. But uh, if you want it, though, I think there's an opportunity for you to get stronger. Speak, then. He can't really, like, gesture because she's kind of everywhere. But, uh... Yep. It's, uh, Lady Melora... Guardian before did not seem to do what she needed it to do. So, how would you feel about being her new guardian? And be bound to a single spot for eternity. <sighs> not necessarily. How would I test my strength then? Oh, but that's the thing, though, is that as a guardian, there would be many people who would try to challenge you to try to trespass upon her lands. Wouldn't that be an opportunity for you to get stronger? If there was a steady supply of mulch, I believe that might be interesting. But why should I protect this inferior being's lands? Uh, well, it's like I said, it's sort of a, a give and take, right? It's like you serve as her guardian, and you can possibly, as being her guardian, gain some of her blessings and some of her strength. You would be able to face any number of things that would like try to come and trespass and on top of that it's like uh as he kind of like looks between like the two mavets considers carefully uh and actually specifically uh sends a message to old mavet oh yes it would be an opportunity for you to make more connections right and we all get stronger with more connections that is a good point eddie Although, I would be worried of not being by your side since I would have to stand tall and guard her her grave. Well, even though uh, even though he's not quite 
the same. It's like uh, he's going to like put uh, a hand on Numavet's shoulder. In a way, you're still keeping guard over me, aren't you? That is a good point. As Numavet approaches Old Mavet, now, now give me some time. This is gonna this is gonna be hard to do. The really weird porno. So Mavet, me, was me, is me. How how do you feel about my friend over here? Well, I have a connection to him. Although it seems more not against my will, but a little tug. He is like a small squirrel, and I am the mighty tree that needs to protect him, even though he makes his home inside of my many cavities and pushes <laughs> and pushes things around. I feel the duty to keep him protected. Yes, and I can see you are not like me in looks, and a lot of ways you are quite bigger. You are, might be even stronger. But what really matters is where your ideals lay. All I wish for is more strength to be the strongest on this land. I'm looking for challenge. And if this could bring challenge to me, then I could see why not. But this land is vast. I can seek out my own challenges. So as our friend has stated, I could go there or I could go there. What do you think of that? Well, I, I think we should let, I think we should let the lady decide. So... Mavet and Mavet <laughs> goes up to Lady Menorah closer to where her, her trunk okay. is. <laughs> Lady Melora. Thank you. I, <laughs> Lady we Melora. Could, we could change the name if you want. If that's going to make it easier for you. <laughs> no, it's just current events. That's all I see right now. Although we would need to have you start wearing a little hat. Uh, I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> oh, I love frisbees. Okay, what the hell are you doing? So you're going up to the trunk? Yes. And old Mavet will be, um, lay his hand upon the trunk. Okay. And his goal is to see how strong this tree's bark is compared to his own. How durable does it feel? I can, yeah, I can easily say that it's much, much harder and much more thick than your own wood. So they will say... In unison, in Druidic, we are both willing to be your guardian. However, one of us needs to stay with our friend there. Who amongst us shall defend the grave of Illomen? Be before I answer, I, I need to know, Mavet. Are you comfortable playing a monk or a barbarian? Or if you are indifferent, I can leave it up to a role. I am willing to leave it up to a roll or a contest between the two. However, it goes. I, I I just want I want to RP it like I set it up, so I leave it to the gods. Okay, I think I I think I got an idea here. It will actually be contest, and as you request, uh, Melora, who shall be your guardian? We see two 
wooden uh, uh, creatures begin to emerge from the ground through the roots made from uh, the hard bark. And these dumb, uh, these dummies of sorts don't look like they have any intelligence. They look more of uh, puppets than anything else. They're rooted to the ground. Imagine a uh, wooden training dummy. And Molora will tell both of you, I will take whoever is stronger. I want you to do one strike onto these dummies. Whoever, whoever hits more accurate, whoever does more damage shall be my guardian. So I want you to make uh, two attack rolls here. Let me see if, uh, do you have uh, the original sheet for uh, old Mavet? I do, but if he has new abilities, like you said, I think those should apply. If um, anything that would boost this punch. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's only fair. Use your character. You, you tr- Trust me, just use your character sheet. Because <laughs> I'm thinking Mav, um, new Ma, or old Mavet is using just, just imagine, just, just imagine, old Mavet has uh, more tricks up of, uh, up his arsenal, but his uh, uh, standard attack is uh, the same as uh, the barbarian Mavet we once knew. So I want you to make uh, two tack rolls, one from each Mavet. We're gonna see if it even hits, because if uh, one of them misses, that's just a, a default a KO there. <laughs> I want to imagine with old Mavet, it wasn't a case of using your other hand. It was just like a, a one slash down with uh, the claws of his hand. And upon impact, just further motions with that one attack, just furthering the damage. It's legitimately like uh, the, the sor- uh, story of, uh, what was it, uh, Masamune uh, Munamasa? Like of uh, the two swords uh, in the river. Uh, one which can uh, cut with purpose, and the other one that cuts everything it touches. That's how I viewed the situation between Mavet, uh, which I've given your uh, old uh, old Mavet a title, Mavet the Many, um, as he does a tear into uh, the dummy. Uh, he does 21, 22, and a total of 10 damage, just ripping into this dummy, destroying it. While with Mavet, uh, new Mavet, the one that we've come to know throughout the entire dungeon, it is punching without contact. It is but a simple motion. And the force of your uh, attack uh, makes it crumble from the inside. But it still stands. And the answer is evident. The uh, uh, competition ends. The, The tree... Uh, Melora uh, looks at both of the dummies and favors Mavet the Many, the old Mavet. Uh, I, I'm curious, like, uh, what's uh, the reactions between the two Mavets? Well, while your attacks might be powerful, they lack precision. You do not need precision when you are making them into a puddle. I will defend this grave and get stronger while you guard what is more important. And as Ma- Mavet the many reaches out to shake Mavet the one's hand, they both note, er, Mavet the many notices the stump upon Mavet's hand and goes, hmm. I see you attempted to become stronger too. I guess it didn't work out. Hmm. I found out my strength 
realize in the many as well. As he glances over at Eddie. And the smoke inside Numavet begins to grow a little bit. And a smile on Numavet's face forms. I shall wait here with Lady Melora until she tells me to go to her grave where I shall defend. Make sure to keep the otter safe, will you? And Numavet just bows and goes back to Eddie. Oh, uh, my lady, one more matter. Yes, Eddie. Uh, since the matter of the, the body within the grave would be taken care of, would we then be allowed to remove the young lady that has served as its seal for as long as she, it has? Once, once the pact has been made with this new will, this new host, she shall be released. Okay, I didn't want to assume that we could remove her without your permission. That is a good assumption to have. You are correct. But her days as a ward near their end. If this is the solution we shall strive towards. We thank you for your generosity and your grace. And silence befalls the forest. I'm going to do something. If we're on our way out. Yep. Mavet's, new Mavet's going to forget one more thing. Um, as we turn around and head back to... Old Mavet the Mini. Yep. And as he goes up to him, they both state, because they have that connection still, mm. be fruitful and become many. As new Mavet's spores, uh, say like a chunk of them, 10%, go over to old Mavet. And old Mavet's colorful spores, about 10%, also go to new Mavet. And he heads back to the party. Aluya, Seer, I do you think that's a fair solution to like the problem we were talking about before? I Man. think that maybe. Hmm. Before you give your opinion, Aluya, there is one thing Eddie I didn't go over with them yet that might determine whether or not they would decide differently. But I do think it's a good solution. It's just well, it does honestly work the best since it does eliminate the issue of Owen going rogue, but it also makes it so that we don't have something diabolical roaming about, which also means that now the Guardian, a.k.a., points to the giant tree monster and protect everybody, and at least the grove here. So it works, of course. I'm sorry, you said Owen went rogue? I say rogue because if they were in a dinosaur body... They can just devour everything. But also, yes, he did a lie, Aluya. King, know what? I know what. Shady. What? What was it? He was going to, like, kill everybody with the Tarask body, for sure. No, it's not really with the Tarask body. Ah. I, I think she's talking about with you, Aluya. Your problem was solved because he did fulfill what he said. He's just explained it in a way that was manipulative. You know how he said he would revive you? Right. He did. We... I don't think you remember since you were in shock, but we found that he made a man-made watcher, or what you call a sentient calamity. Why this is important uh. is because how he revived you was by 
making you me. He, well, ingeniously so, but insultingly so, was able to replicate the creation of a genasi. Hence you. But he doesn't understand what he put you in grave danger of, which is why, well, you're no longer the Aluya that you were before. You are a new Aluya. There isn't the best way I could put it. However, my actions possibly reduce the amount of damage, possibly entirely. Do you, I mean, it just, so he could have revived me with my own body, but he chose not to? I don't think he had the capabilities of reviving you like a cleric would. I think what he did to bypass. Basically, if I were to put it in a way that would make the most sense. He killed you and revived you. But the problem I would say that not many people would think about is the fact that if you just came back to life, the cat would have been interested in you. But what they did by killing you and remaking you made you into a new you. Hence making that cat that was going to kill you ignore you. What happened to my old body then? Aluya, you will see that Seer has never lied to you a single time. So you see them make their face as they look upon you. And then Seer just simply says, I made sure it didn't rise back up. Uh, you see the, the cogs turning. You destroyed my old body? Yes. I mean, what if we could have used it? Like, I could, like, hop back into it somehow. And, like, the cat would be like, oh, I don't know. But still, like, oh. Because, and this is something that I am glad you have never witnessed. Now that you are in a new body of such as this, your old body would not have been able to be recovered. In fact, you might think right now that your memories are intact, but it might be a little fuzzy right now, isn't it? You might have forgotten little things, such as people's names. You might have forgotten about maybe just your favorite colors of things. But you didn't forget the core memories of yourself, did you? I mean, I still feel like me. If the thing was alive, it gets its materials from somewhere. So you being alive here, if it were to rise, would have, I would say, split the energies of your mind to it, making you forget, like me. Uh, to reinforce that, Aluya, as you try to test out your memory here and there, you get a weird sense of uh, uh, tip of the tongue kind of moments, like trying to remember names, locations, important parts of your life, and they come back to you. You don't lose them, but you could feel that your memory is a bit hazy, but is solely be, be, uh, being reinforced. Like there is a foundation being set. You, Aluya, are one of the rarest people I could say that hold on to their old life. More importantly, you didn't have to witness yourself rise and be warped. That is why if I didn't eliminate the body immediately, you probably wouldn't have called yourself Aluya. You probably would have made it not known who you are. In fact, you probably would be someone entirely new. Because the old body doesn't just take a little. It could take some or entirely all. In fact, most Genasi that I know don't remember their past lives at all. So I assume all of it, eventually. Uh, taking in the information that Seer's given her and taking in that this is something that Seer is experiencing herself, like the whole weight of it and her own life um but i get to have my memories she goes to reach out to like touch Sia on the shoulder but doesn't and she's like thank you Sia. you've given me my life back new package but still me 
Well, that's why I wanted to mention it to you, Aluya. Why I need you to think about this just a little harder. As, as who I am, I know the troubles that will come before you. And I want you to understand that Owen, while he gave you freedom, he took away something that you will never have back. Oh yeah, for sure. I want to beat the shit out of him. Um, <laughs> but you, you knew what to do. And I thank you for that. I mean, if it had been like two days ago, I probably would have called you Nuluya. Nuluya. No, I'm sorry, my friend. That does not uh, sound good for me. Nuluya. Nulu, Nulu, no. No, there's this weird trend. Weird thing to mention to Eddie. Most of the time, Genasis will name themselves based off how they look. So, Luya would have probably been like, I like lightning. Call me lightning. Sparkle pants. Thank God I burned your body. <laughs> Shit, that, now I'm kind of wanted to see the naming process she'd come up with. <laughs> All right, um, I, I should definitely mention to you, Luya, like as you have been getting more and more used to this new body, again, looking down at your veins, the skin is translucent to uh, a certain degree. You can't completely see through it, but it, it's like... It's like thin meat. Like, you can kind of see through it. And uh, within your skin, the veins are like uh, uh, pulsating uh, uh, lights. And uh, looking at your hair, although still pink, just looking at the material, it is no longer hair-like. It's just electricity that is kind of like your hair. Go on. Uh, You see, that's why I said two days ago, because I don't think I would do that now. My tan is gone. You, you know what, Aluya? I'm going to leave it up into your hands. Would you like <laughs> to still have your tan but see through it? Or would you like to be pitch white? I want my skin color, baby. I want Yeah, to you can sun-kissed. have your skin color. It'll make it easier for the art. Yeah, I, I apologize, uh, Moo. What were you saying before I rudely interrupted you? No, it's okay. It's just very much Sears going to look and being like, you can kind of see their look to you, Aaliyah, where it's just kind of like they don't look happy. They look actually a little depressed because while you are like okay with the situation a bit and a little piss, it seems like Seer is a lot more serious about it because they know and they lived their life in the situation that you are about to begin to live. However, before you could really respond, they'll be like, I am really glad that you are a lot more cheery about it. Let's do this then. Let's, when we leave here, let's have a time to chat. I'll tell you more things to hopefully give you more support or how would you describe a foundation to help you understand. Okay. I think that if I was somehow changed and I did not feel like myself, well, not that I would know that I was not the person I was before, I guess. I don't feel like I lost anything real about myself aside from a body. Does that make sense? Well, that's why I'm actually, well, a little bit happy because you've confirmed one thing for me. What I remember is not faint, which means I might also have Eddie help me with something soon, but that'll be another time. So you think there's like your original body somewhere else? No, I know where my body is. And I... You'll see them pause there and be like, never mind. I, there's more to it. 
Regardless, your body, you have, don't need to worry about any further. And Owen? What do we do with him? What can I do with him? Looks to Addie and being like, would you like to explain a bit of the situation we put them in? Uh, well, I guess to like summarize it, he's still going to get the body that he wants, but he's going to, I guess in a similar way to you, Aluya, he's going to enter a magical contract that tells him what he can and can't do with it. Like a leash? Uh, I guess kind of. I, I don't know what Melora's, like, restrictions would be, but he pretty much do, can do whatever he wants so long as it's not against Melora's wishes. This fucker got the better, like, the sweeter end of the deal, right? I knew <laughs> that it was something. There was something with that guy. And it was a naggy. I make poor choices. Good God. But still, <laughs> he should be punish somehow like maybe he loses a tarask leg or something or two like he just has to drag his body across the ground like being really fair aluya i think he's already been punished enough by being nothing but a giant brain that's barely holding on to life with electricity for who knows how long I don't deny he's done some pretty bad stuff, but I don't think he actually did it out of, like, evil. Just more like neutral ignorance, if that makes any sense. Like, he couldn't see the forest for the trees. Like, he made a poor decision too, but I was on the shit end of the stick. I mean, you know, sometimes when you fuck around, somebody's going to get shit on their stick. Well, what if we, like, poke his brain and, like, he just drools now a bit more? I don't know. He deserves something. Killing him is an option. I mean, just as a reminder, if he's not, like, cognizant enough to make a contract, then that kind of, like, blows the whole deal we just made a few minutes ago. For fuck. Okay, go back to my losing legs idea. What about that? I mean, he's cognizant and that word... And he could agree to it, but he's got a serious, you know, he needs like wheels or something to move. Like, if you take off a leg, though, couldn't somebody use that for like dangerous magical shenanigans? A leg? Yeah, those bodies are powerful. You can make a lot of stuff out of even just the bones of a Tarasque. Looks towards uh, Mavet and his uh, bone quarter staff that is automatically a plus one. Oh, your words, they make truth, but inside I just feel angry. Like I want to poke little holes in his big old brain. No, I've got a pretty good solution for that. What is it? Slowly a little baggie slips out of his sleeve. Well, I don't know. Maybe. A little bit. Just just enough to get the edge off. But it's a, it's a really big edge. <laughs> okay. I kind of want to imagine the scene ends with uh, Aluya and Eddie like exchanging uh, some uh, shrooms and uh, doing some drugs. Um, feeling me... stressed, feeling just feeling awful about your recent resurrection and the and everything that came with it. Why not just smoke your problems away? Now, uh, here I have a couple questions for you guys. 
because I want to go through like a, a week's time here. Just some R&R provide you guys with a little bit of downtime. I, I want to know, where are you guys staying? Uh, would you guys uh, find refuge with uh, uh, Laura in her cottage? Would you be staying in Owen's dungeon? Uh, like, or would you uh, take refuge in his uh, <laughs> really fucked up tower? Make magic stick. I mean, he wouldn't take refuge, but... Eddie would remember that uh, they did want to like a like a make a trip to that tower to uh, uh, to recover the photo. Yeah, good, good on you. I'm glad you remember. But yeah, we can uh, jump. Like again, we're we're not going to assume the party's all together here. You guys are doing your own things throughout the weeks. This is one highlight. Is we see like uh, Eddie approaching the tower. It is broken open you can clearly see the master bedroom from outside and that is near the top of the tower and i kind of want to imagine we flash to eddie climbing up the circular uh, staircase then finally find himself within the master bedroom buried underneath a uh, rubble was uh, uh i believe it was a uh, pendant with uh, uh either his yes i believe it was uh, yes like uh, the photo was in the pendant but yeah yes yes you do find the pendant. It has a glorious uh, uh, guild to it. There we go. That's what I was thinking. Uh, it, it has a nice sheen to it, although like uh, uh, mocked and scratched up from uh, the rubble. You do find it. Uh, apparently this tower has been like fucked, uh, fucked sideways and underways. And <laughs> mm. You see uh, porcupine needles like they're uh, like uh, some creature was used as a projectile. And for some reason that hits deep with you like... You're okay with it. <laughs> they looked like they were having fun. <laughs> I will say you have this item, but throughout the week, um, if you visit Owen each day, he just remains quiet and silent. Like this did take a lot of energy from him. Like I said, it seems like he's hibernating a little bit. Uh, we would not be going to visit Owen. That's perfectly fine. I mean, his humble abode specifically of where he is at is not the most appealing. I mean, it's a, a room filled with meat. All people are into eating, you know, pastrami. Yep. And I will say, Luya, there are multiple opportunities throughout the week to kill him if you want to take that opportunity just laying out there. <laughs> it is fairly simple. I would not betray the party. Okay. Every party <laughs> just wants to, like, really emphasize, like, okay, guys, I'm popping over to the tower real quick. I'm only going to be gone for a few minutes. <laughs> and I'm going to completely leave Owen undefended. No watchful eyes, because I'm fairly certain Mavet and Sears doing something else. You'll be completely alone, Aluya. Completely alone. Completely alone. Completely alone. <laughs> he keeps saying it as he leaves. I don't get it. <laughs> Peckins, you, you got a weird vocabulary today. <laughs> Oh, that's really funny, though. It's just like Peckins actually is the one that's just like echoing at random points while Eddie's gone <laughs> completely alone. Completely alone. Completely alone. All right. Yeah, you, you got the pendant. Um, Let me hear uh, highlights throughout the week. Uh, what are you guys doing to unwind and relax? Um, And actually, I don't think I actually got a response. The cottage, the dungeon, where is everyone sleeping? Or even tents outside? What is sleep? Okay. Get some solid answers here. <laughs> I'm just basically going to be making potions, creating magical items, stabs. I'm also going to be researching the man-made calamity because that is crazy good. And then I also study the bag of ash. 
Okay. Yeah, you got three things uh, to go over quick. Um, if you don't mind, uh, do you remember uh, the rules I stated for the staff? Or do you need a quick reminder? I need a quick reminder because the only thing I don't remember is spell levels, whether it requires... If memory serves, it is up to level three. And it is a... Uh, it starts off with a level one spell being 3d6 plus your uh, uh, spell casting modifier number of charges. Then it decreases by d6 for each level you go up, up till level three. So level three would be 1d6 plus your spell casting modifier. But it will take an entire day to do it. You can decide uh, which spell to put in and uh, who you want for that. Like if you need Eddie's help, Aluya's help, uh, Mavet's help with uh, a certain spell, that can work. Um, and I will also put it out there. If uh, if you want to, uh, you could also get a spell scroll to help you out. Nice. I love that. Yes. But I know there's always a but. It will require some components to make this work. Expensive components. But keep, keep in mind is within your wheelhouse is just uh, obviously a uh, uh, something is needed as a cost. But it wouldn't be the same as buying the actual staff. There's a lot of customizability here. But we can deal with that in a little bit. If you want to think about what particular spell that you want to put into to the staff, we can uh, go over it quickly. Um... If you don't mind, uh, I still want an answer of where you're sleeping throughout the week. Honestly, if I had to pick a spot where I could sleep and not worry too much because I would like to also read the book, probably in a horrifying fashion, I would possibly be in the same room as our lovely chef friend. Name's Gobsy. Yeah, you can you can sit right there. I can make you a meal. And he's just cooking. A uh, little bit of meat. Uh, yeah, he's still taking refuge within uh, the uh, kitchen. It looks like, uh, sadly enough, you think he might have been forgotten. Because uh, if memory serves, the goblins and uh, the... <laughs> I hesitate to say the porcupines, but uh, the tribe of uh, porcupine people seem to have uh, come to some sort of agreement. You haven't seen them uh, as of late. I have a solution to this problem. You know, you make really good food. Have you ever thought of doing a food cart? What is this? What is this uh, food cart that you're talking about? Well, you know how you have a kitchen here, but if there's no one around, you can't really feed them. Mm-hmm. Gobsy understands. Having that kitchen on wheels, and you could go around the entire, well, outside... And feed all the people your things. And be praised for it, since you are an exquisite chef. I'm a good chef? And he seems to be uh, starstruck. Indeed. Now imagine being able to travel around wherever you like to be, and sharing that gift amongst all people that like to consume good food. Not only that, but you'd be able to get even more exquisite ingredients if you are traveling about. Seems starstruck. You think Gobsy has a chance of becoming an excellent chef out there? That Gobsy could reach for the skies? That Gobsy could become the greatest chef of all time? A master chef? I mean, my honest opinion, yes, because somehow you made candles taste delicious in a beautiful way. How'd you make a sorbet candle? I don't understand. You just see 
tears going down his eyes, rolling over his cheeks. That's the nicest thing Gopsy has ever heard. Then, don't hold yourself back. Travel around after, you know, giving us your final meals, and then we'll point you to a direction where you might be able to feed all the people you wish. Gopsy nods. And just to make sure I, I'm not misunderstanding here, you're, you're suggesting that he grabs a food cart and starts traveling around to <laughs> to uh, uh, essentially sell his food. By the way, uh, what Gobsy looks like for anyone who uh, it's, been, it's been a while, but you'll see it pop up in a little bit. Look, I know he looks like a monster, but let's be real. Let's be real. Gobsy. To be able to cook that well is basically a disservice to have this person hide in the basement, especially by themselves, knocking for anyone. We let him know about the dangers of how he would be viewed, but that's why we would send him to places where he probably wouldn't get murdered first. Okay, yeah, you can send him off into direction. And I'm going to make a personal note of Gobsy and uh, just keep in mind where he might be in the world. All right, but yeah, we can say like uh, throughout the week he is learning to pack and he's cooking you guys uh, food, as uh, he has big dreams and ambitions now. Um, I, I'm sorry, did, did I ever get an answer for you of where the hell you're sleeping, or did you just tell me you're sleeping in the kitchen? In the kitchen. Okay, you are sleeping in the kitchen. Got you. That's why I figured. All right, everyone else, where are you sleeping? In a tent. Okay, in a tent. Where's the tent? Near the cottage, out in the middle of the woods, by the wizard's tower. Like, where where would you be camping? I would say probably by the cottage. Not the cottage, the tower. Um, it's best if Olia keeps her distance. Like, she also doesn't like Granny Laura. Uh, not as much oh, as, as Granny Rose. But, um, but I love you, Olia. You're like a daughter to me. And she does not like Owen at all. Uh, she's got some conflicting stuff going on, so... She's just trying to keep her distance. And it is. Yeah. So that's what you're doing throughout the week, or is that just where you're sleeping? Like what 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 tell me the motions of Aluya throughout the week. And uh as now before you answer, I need to mention to uh Sierra. Sierra, I do want you to think of spells if you want to make a staff, or if you feel like this is something you want to consider post session with the party, we can do that and uh, uh talk about it the next session. I do want you to make uh be aware as I'm talking to everyone. Um sorry, Aluya. Go right ahead. Um, she'll see if you know, people need work, uh, like help outside of the locations. If not, she's just gonna muddle over to herself. Um, she's got little little fits of rage, uh, little mm. little outbursts that she's been having. She doesn't understand why, but maybe deep down she kind of does. She's gonna chalk it up to a new body. Yeah, that's what she's uh, going with. Maybe figure out how to touch people without hurting them, but not really. Do you talk to Grandma Laura? Hell no, I ain't talk to that bitch. Okay. Well, Try not all right. to be angry. Um, yeah, so uh, these exper- uh, experiments are based in the woods. Am I correct with that? Is there anything special that you're trying to experiment with? Um, so I'm going to, like, touch trees, see if it ha- has any effect. Uh, apologize, but little little bugs. We'll start off with bugs and just and see. And they begin to pop in your hands. Mm. Does that go well? Okay, we can't move on from bugs. So, what if she wears some sort of glove? Uh, she makes a makeshift glove with like whatever cloth, whatever she has on on her, and she touches some bugs. 
You put some uh, leather gloves on. No, I don't. Ha- I don't think I have leather. I have like random cloth on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing in your inventory would be able to nullify or mitigate the shock. And if you if you put uh, things on your hands, such as like a leather gloves and uh, whatnot, it still travels through uh, the glove, but it doesn't immediately destroy the material you're wearing. If that makes sense to you. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, what's uh, the issue is is uh, the connection in the air, or uh, when you make contact with another creature. Um, but I will say, for uh, the sake of uh, convenience, when you touch metallic objects, that you see uh, the elect- uh, electrical surge uh, going through uh, through it. But when you touch things like, uh, say, trees or something as delicate as uh, uh, leaves, inanimate objects, it does not appear to uh, contain your static. It seems that is the limitations of your racial ability, where it it affects metallic inanimate objects, possibly metal, uh, metallic animate objects, but most importantly, it will always interact with creatures. Uh, I'm just gonna just gonna have everyone make me a blind roll. No reason. Can just I gonna guess? be simple. Mm, it's a uh, saving throw. Sorry. Yeah, everyone's just uh, making a wisdom saving throw, and uh, you won't. I, hopefully, you won't be able to see the result. Seer, I assume you can't see the result. Correct. I can only assume I died. Yep. Okay. 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 Hmm. I don't like that. Hmm. After I rolled. Hmm. Mm. Everyone's making rolls. I, I need to quickly mention this at least because it might influence uh, all of your weeks. Uh, Eddie. I believe I have something important to tell specifically you. Off in the distance, on his way back from the tower, he just sees a lightning explosion. Eddie, you do see a luminous orb that follows your footsteps. And this happens on the second day of downtime. And if you were to interact with uh, other uh, people, you will also see luminous orbs following them as well. And there is no purpose to hide uh, the saving throws anymore because what was important was whether or not Eddie succeeded or failed. Uh, Seer, you technically rolled a six. It became a seven, which became zero. Aluya, you rolled an 11, which became 18, which became eight. Mavet, you rolled a 15, which became 23, which became 13. Eddie, you rolled a natural one, which became zero. Well, which became six, which became zero. Oh, we rolled poor. It. Well, <laughs> you need a pretty. You need a pretty good uh, saving modifier and a damn good roll. Can't really say from a natural one. Yeah. Yep. But yes, this is information that Eddie knows. It is uh, whether or not he relays this uh, information. Actually, how long? Like, uh, was it just like for that ten minute duration? Or double checking. Yes, I say that ten minute duration, uh, but I mean I'm not pretending to not know what this. Yeah, is. I, you know exactly what it is, buddy. There is no need to like uh, jump around the hoops with uh, uh, met, uh, metagaming or whatnot. You guys have been aware since uh, session one that this could eventually happen, and it's happening. Um, yes, it lasts for ten minutes, and uh, we're gonna say that's recurrent. Uh, the frequency is uh, if you guys uh, uh, fail. It is, well, just period. It just happens once a day. Now, uh, towards uh, the time that it happens, that's up in the air. 
you know what? If this actually does happen once a day, at least specifically around Eddie, uh, well, he is going to do two things. Yep. Uh, one, uh, specifically after like uh, he is no longer being watched, he would go to each member of the party uh, after knowing that they also aren't being watched. Um, so it's like, hey, by the way, uh, it seems like someone's really interested in where we're at. They're scrying on us. <laughs> That's something to think about and be careful about some of the things we say and do. Yeah, and uh, if I uh, may, Eddie, it seems like uh, this happens uh, simultaneously. As if uh, the... Yeah, I'm going to say it what it is, obviously. We're, we're all on the same page here. Uh, the scrying seems to happen uh, uh, all at the same time. It is not one at a time. Okay. Yep. Just to specify that. Although, in which case, like the second thing I'm going to do after the first time, uh, yes. since really he's not really using it for much of anything else, it's like uh, whenever the scry does appear around him, he's going to go into his room. Uh, is uh, I uh, remind me what the specifics of your bedroom is? It like I assume that's a different plane of existence. Uh, yeah, you can you could essentially treat it as like a similar to uh, uh, it, it's like a, it's an extra, it's basically an extra dimensional space similar to like uh, the one created by you know like uh, uh, you know like those magic items that create spaces. Yeah, so basically the spell automatically ends <laughs> because he's now in a different plane. That is correct. Yeah, this happens every day. Uh, Eddie, you you have your way of uh, defending against it. Moo, um, it sounds like you have an idea as well. Are you inviting everyone within that or? Well, ultimately, and this is the thing, if they're scrying on me, let's be real. I'm not doing anything that would be, you know, something I would hide. It's very much boring I am just enchanting, making potions and all these things. Like, that's the key thing. It's like, it's very much like, if there's scry on me, it's not like I'm doing anything major at the points. The only maybe major thing would be the alchemy book that I didn't, that I haven't read yet. But the reason why, you know, is because that book, I don't think you can just read in 10 minutes. No, no. And if that's a project, we're going to be going through it. Right. So basically... I have a lot of projects, and not all the projects, if someone's going to scry on me, is going to be entertaining for them. They're not going to get much out of me. Uh, Ma, so are you going to be using the rope trick anytime this happens, or? Yeah, very much so. Like, if I wanted to do, well, like, I can make corpse brew, I can make a lot of things, yeah. Well, I'm just curious, are you inviting everyone, like, uh, like, do you guys have a plan to meet up, like, uh, or at least stick together? to uh, do uh, the rope trick, or is this just strictly for yourself? Oh, we do rope trick. I would let the group know, because by myself, I'm not worried too much, but if the group's worried, rope trick would be great, because then we're all together, we just chill out and relax. Yeah, I, I was going to say, the only alarm that you have uh, for when this occurs is essentially Eddie. Basically, though, if people were interested in trying to like uh, get around the scry, like... Uh then the system that Eddie would propose is that like when he detects that he is being scried, he will specifically send a message to Seer and then just like go to his room. Okay. Yeah, that works. Um, Mavet, what are you doing throughout the week? Where are you sleeping? Mavet would be uh, sleeping out in nature. Uh, 
he doesn't really need to sleep, so it's not like anything's going to surprise him. But his goal would be to basically study the fungi in the area, how they repopulate through their spores, so maybe he can learn some more about himself and how he, too, can become many. Sierra, I know you have a bunch of projects here. Uh, would you like to go over one by one quickly what you would like to do throughout the week? And just to make sure no one else is holding projects, it sounds like a, a Sierra is uh, doing uh, uh, the projects throughout the week through downtime. Correct. Lots of downtime. I mean, at least for Eddie, like uh, since he's has a week to kill, because uh, uh, like he doesn't really have like too much else to do for the present. I think he's going to be spending a lot of that time uh, to the best of his ability anyway, accumulating and piling to what I'm going to call separate piles of things. Uh, okay. Because like since they now have like, you know, the time like Eddie's just going to kind of like going around just seeing if there's like anything in particular that they might have missed while they were going through this keep uh like exploring and yep uh at the same time probably start compiling some of the stuff that looks like uh research that the party maybe wouldn't like to see being done by anybody else since that was a concern that was raised last session okay like yeah so one pile is just like it's like huh this looks useful put you gonna put it in this pile it's like oh this looks like it needs to be burned later. We're going to put it in this pile. <laughs> so that's, that's because like he doesn't really have anything else to do throughout the week. So, uh, because I know it's uh, relatively uh, new. If you do want to engage in crafting, we do have a simple crafting system that we can go through with. Like I know you are into a uh, herbalism, but that's entirely up to your choice. It's not necessary. It is not, uh, required. It's just an option I want to give to you guys because I know I don't provide a uh, enough items or uh, uh, shopping trips to uh, uh, restore on uh, consumable items. A uh, Google Docs is fairly a uh, simplistic uh, crafting system that goes by a uh, long rest. If there's any spare time remaining, it's like a, then maybe post session, like I'll say if I do anything, but like because I don't think I have time to read that right now. Yep, 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 yep. No, that's perfectly fine. Uh, Seer, if you uh, quickly want to list off what you're doing. All right. Step one, make a lot of corpse brew. Okay. How are you uh, doing that? Grabbing a shit ton of goblin corpses. Uh, where are the bodies coming from? Well, the beautiful thing you gave me is the tears of ball. Yes. Which speeds things very quickly. Yep. Sadly, I would have to use a lot of goblin bodies. That's really awful. Okay. So you're experimenting with the tears of ball with goblin bodies. Uh Keep in mind, it has to be specific ones. Can, it cannot be the Genasis because Genasis leave nothing behind. Uh, but, yeah, with the fort, yeah, yeah, with the fort uh, uh, Keppa, like, uh, where you guys absolutely demolished a shit ton of uh, uh, regular goblins. You have them in excess. Tell me, what are you trying to achieve here? Well... One, I am going to make a lot of the potions of corpse brood to get more of different effects to see, since we have found a few. But weirdly enough, I also will use the corpse brew and test it with the ash I have. Okay, so I need to ask specifically what you're doing with Tears of Ball. 
because uh, yes, it can uh, qu expedite the process for making a uh, corpse brew, but you could also submerge it to uh, like do a cheap form of resur uh, resurrection. Right, that's the key thing. So like, you know, I let a lot of things sit in the bottles for a while, but then on the side with the tears of all, specifically with the ash. Yep. Since we know we could make things come back alive. Mm hmm. I put a little bit of the ash in to see what occurs when left in there to see if there is any revival from it. So if it comes back in little chunks. Hang on, hang on. We're, we're going to have to do an intelligence check here. Hang on. I'm down. I'm smart. Yep. Don't worry. God, if you didn't think uh, uh, crema uh, cremating your corpse without your permission was bad enough, Aluya, we're going to have to see what kind of Frankenstein experiments we're going to fucking do here. By the way, I have I have your body in ash. Aluya, I forgot to mention that. Don't worry about it. For science. For science. All right, make that roll. Ooh, that's not a good roll. I'll do a flash of genius then. Make it a 15. Plus six. Yeah. You are aware that you would be uh, wasting the ash if you did it incrementally. What needs to be done is if you want to have a result, you would need uh, a complete and, most importantly, intact uh, corpse. Fair. I think that's understandable. Then, ultimately... Oh, I don't want to, like, just use the tears of balls and be like, I'm just going to revive a goblin randomly. You could. Like, it takes about a week. You can ferment, like, a couple goblins in there. Yeah, but then we might have to just kill them. But, I mean, before I do that, I, I'd probably ask Eddie, want me to try this to see how effective it works, and we find out the repercussions of what would happen if we use it. <laughs> Wait, like, explain to me again what that does? Um, it makes it so that I can brew those bottles of really powerful, potent potions really quickly. Or if we leave something in it for a while, um, revive it. Now, we have a whole barrel. We could put a whole goblet in there and see what the side effects would be. So, like, reviving a goblin and then killing them again? I mean, we don't have to kill them if they're nice, but probably. I'm not gonna lie. It's... I'm not... I'm just know for a fact that if we died and I try to use this on you, if you died, you probably wouldn't be happy if you were, I don't know, a hairless otter. I, it, it does take a while to get this coat back and it would never go back the same again. Correct. That's why I indicate that. So we could try and see what happens. I would say go for the option where I get to keep all of my fur. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you, Moo. Uh, I'm going to give you about 15 minutes to go through all of uh, your things. Uh, so the experiment is you're going to put a couple goblins in the barrel uh, for a week and see what happens. Correct. You do so. And we'll discuss that at the very end. What do you do next? All right. Now, like I said, I'm making a bunch of corpse brews. I don't know how many I'll make. Yep. So I don't know how much a week's worth of, you know, using balls, tears to make corpse brew really quickly would be. So... Yep. Uh, what was the usual time that I gave you for the corpse brew? Because I believe I uh, uh, slashed it in half with the... Uh, it was either slashed it in half or made it uh, daily with the uh, Tears of Ball. Um, I think you made it... I think you made it daily because basically with... What, you gave me three different methods and it's, some of them could take three days. Some of them could take half a day if you just keep using a spell into it. And one could take a week. 
Yes, okay, yeah, I believe the natural method took about a week if you just let let it uh, ferment naturally, and speeding it up to three days with, was with uh, necrotic uh, uh, spells, such as, uh, I'm trying to recall off the top of my head what uh, cantrips did necrotic, I believe chill touch is one. Correct. Um, yeah. Uh, using spells or uh, uh, cantrips with uh, necrotic energy would bring it down to three days, and... I believe with the, the the tears of ball because you're using up a precious uh, resource, it would make it uh, ferment within a day. So I'm going to say with the brutal method you guys took with Fort Keppa and killing the goblins, that you would find four intact corpses that would be proper for corpse brew. And if you want to use uh, the tears of ball you could make four potions a day. Does that sound acceptable to you? I think that is acceptable. Okay. So would I be right in assuming that you're going to make uh, uh, four potions each day? Yep. Now, if you would, I'm going to pull up the table and you're going to make a huge fucking roll for me. Oh my God. All right, guys, let's get ready. Hang on. Let me get the damn. Because uh, it's way deep in my notes. Yes, yeah, way deep in my notes. There it is. Found it quickly. Yes, it is a 1d20. All right. Roll me a 14d20, and we'll go over each one. 14, 14d20. All right, let's do it. Yeah, 14d20. I know which some of them are, so we'll see. Yeah, if you don't mind. Uh, we'll start off with the first three. And uh, I'm going to be going quick, so please like uh, follow along here. Try to write them down. And uh, what, at the end, we'll add them all to your inventory, because these are actual potions. So for 12, you make three... Well, hang on. Let me make sure we got all the 12s. 12, 12, 12. Yep. Okay. So you make three potions of invisibility as you roll 12 on the table. Next one would be five. That's one potion. Yep. No repeats. For five, you make a potion of fire breathing. For 14, which you've made one potion of. Oh, fourteen. become young. Yep. yep. And you already have the age for that, for longevity. Um, 13 is the next one you roll. Invulnerability. Yep. 13 is invulnerability. Uh, next one is three, which you made one of, which would be potion of climbing. Next one would be a natural one, which is a potion of animal friendship. Uh, number eight is a potion of giant strength. And we're going to roll on the table to see uh, how strong it is. Just to double check, it's always random, or is it going to be the same strength all the time? Just to make it sure for my notes. It, it will be diff. It will be different. Uh, be different strength each time. Uh, you got a potion of frost giant strength. Please write that down. And post session, I'll add this all to your inventory. All right. Uh, that was eight. Next one is eighteen. Eighteen is potion of speed. You basically, gain haste. Uh, next one is uh, nine. Um, that's the weird one. Yep, potion of growth. Yep, gain enlarge from uh, then enlarge reduce for one d four hours. Uh, that's eight again. I thought I double checked. Yep. Eight. Yep, we're gonna roll on the table again. Roll me one d six one more time. Oh, you lucky bitch! <laughs> you get a potion of storm giant strength, and just as a reminder, that changes your strength to twenty nine. Wicked. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's look at the next one. Uh, next one is 10. 
Uh, 10 is Potion of Healing. We're going to roll on the table to see uh, the, how strong the Potion of Healing is. Uh, you get Greater Healing. That's 4d4 plus 4. What number was that again? Uh, for the Potion of Healing? Yep. Uh, yeah. That would be uh, number 10. And you rolled a 2 on the 1d4 for uh, the roll table. All right. And the last one, 16. 16 is the Potion of Poison. Uh, there's no roll table for this. You just concoct a poison that does 3d6 damage, DC 13. Yep, and essentially each successful save reduces the poison by 1d6. Oh, damn, so it's continuous. Oh, shit. Yep. I was going to be like, oh, that's sad. That's not a great ability until I was like, wait, that doesn't stop killing the person. Yep. It's Ah. the potion of poison. All right. I just need to get lucky next time to roll a 6, 7, 11, 15, 19, 20, and then I have all the potions. Yep. Yeah, keep yeah, keep in mind this uh uh this uh, again, none, none of this is homebrew. These are all like uh, SRD potions. Um the potion of poison is as it uh, uh <laughs> is as it uh is for uh, uh the item description. And you could uh convince someone that this is a potion of healing to subtly kill them. Mm. Cuz keep in mind this is this is ingestion. You can't coat this. So if you trick someone into drinking it, uh, some good things could happen. Well, good for you, bad for them. All right. All right. Experiment number three. Oh, yeah, drink this. We need to see if we make another Janasi. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make the staff. I picked the spell because ultimately it is very much a... I, I would make it offensive, but I feel like the altar self is now necessary for a lot of things. Just because, hey. J- just so you're aware, uh, the cost of enchanting a staff is 50 for a first level spell, 150 for a second level spell, and 250 for a third level spell. And that is not, and and keep in mind, that is not considering uh, uh, additional components. That is just the act of enchanting. Uh, When it comes to the staff, you already have a staff in hand, so you don't have to worry about that component. But that also does uh, uh, become a variable with this enchanting and adds to the cost. But so far, you got a freebie, essentially. So, if if uh, you said alter self, yeah, because I was sitting there going, you know, hey, I could get an offensive, you know, spell thing, but role play wise, that would make it so that, well, Aluya and I, if we need to like get through things, like we had to go through a city and stuff like that, we don't have to like worry about being murdered. Okay. You know, yeah. it's a good short burst thing, and lastly. When we use it, we won't be using it for combat. We'll be mainly using it to just survive the day, you know? All right. I want you to uh, take off 150 gold from your uh, character sheet or from uh, the party if you do not have the gold for it. And uh, I want you to also write down 2d6 uh, plus uh, your modifier, which should be plus 5, right? Is it plus 5 or plus 6 nowadays? Plus 6 now. Okay. Uh, it would be a 2d6 plus 6 charges for Alter Self. And you're going to be burning through that shit like no one else's business. Does the staff recharge or no? It recharges on the dawn of the following day. And uh, it, well, it was, uh, it recharges as many char- uh, charges as the dice I gave you. So it will always recharge a minimum of 7 charges. Cool. That's not bad. 2d6 plus 6 means that's you know, if we do the max amount of charges, 18 hours, nine hours for each of us, if we needed to, yep. we're good. It will, yeah, it will start off with uh, 18 hours or 18 hours worth of uh, Alter Self on there. Yep. All right. 
So where would I imagine you guys? Well, I should say, where would you guys be on uh, the final day of the week? Imagine this as a de-stressor. You guys have been through a lot. A lot has happened between Shayam and everything in this dungeon. You don't feel the time limit. But again, there's just that lingering, crawling sensation on uh, the back of your spine, that shiver, that something is wrong. Uh, you guys rested. You did what you had to do throughout the week. You guys gather up. Where do you guys gather? I mean, I guess everybody could gather around, like, Eddie's piles. <laughs> okay. I'm curious about the piles. <laughs> Where would these piles be at? Remind me again. Like, uh, well, I don't think it would actually, like, fit in that room. You know, I think he would start making that pile actually in that master bedroom, not too far off from, like, uh, where, uh, where Owen is. Okay. I like it. But yeah, it's like I said, like, one pile just, like, you know, like, full of, like, uh, like uh, possibly like useful stuff it's like uh, that you know like uh, they may have like just either missed or like left for the time being because they were too busy actually getting through the dungeon and then another mm. pile is like full of research stuff that probably seems too dangerous to let other people know about oh yeah yeah we can definitely say that that you grabbed a fair amount of books from the uh, well a few books from the archive the archive itself not many dangerous books but the personal On archive of the fact where that you met the archive has been destroyed. Yeah, yeah, uh, from uh, a lot of the burnt books. Uh, well, uh, the point I was going to get to is there wasn't a lot of dangerous mater uh, reading material in the archive. But the personal uh, a little uh, uh, study that he had on the uh, southeast of the map where he met the succubus over there, there's a lot of personal research that a lot of people should not be reading because again, it revolves around a lot of questionable and unethical experiments but yes you guys are in the master bedroom all right it took like a week but i'm pretty sure i got all of it <laughs> even if i wanted to look through these i don't think it'd be wise then addy would you like to do the honors or should i i think like you'd probably be more satisfied by it like, no matter who does it though it's not going to be clean regardless then Sarah doesn't light a fire. She just simply walks into the pile and just waits. Okay. And you're burning all the books. <laughs> basically, it's just going to light around her on fire. I probably really wanted Sierra to like do like a little a little smoke angel. Cute! No, but basically, Sierra sits in it and kind of like just lets it burn as, well, ultimately, as like Olivia has their problems with like electrocuting people, this is what Seer's thing is for Olivia to see, where it's very much like Seer can very much light things on fire just by s literally sitting in it and it just burns. Mm -hmm. All right. The books begin to burn. How are you guys getting fresh air? Because this, uh, this is a poorly ventilated uh, dungeon. Not to say there's no air, uh, fresh air coming in. I'm just saying uh, you're creating a, uh, a fire. In a uh, enclosed room, I assume I would presume that the doors are open during this. Uh, to assist, uh, Eddie would actually be able to like once it starts getting a bit too smoky for well everybody else anyway. Uh, he's going to basically. Uh, be, it's it's very interesting how you designed that hallway, by the way. It's like uh, because it's actually like very pretty much perfect for uh, creating a what I'm going to call a makeshift like a chimney situation. Uh, yep. Well, essentially, all Eddie really has to do is like uh, just stand out in the hallway and put a gust of wind, like uh, like blasting it across the hallway, across the doorways. And due to the um, 
uh, due to the pressure differential, the smoke will just file out like uh, into the hallway and out to the main room. Well, not the main room, but like because like there's a, a room off to the side as well. Yeah, that that's enough. And again, looking around, this dungeon is sophisticated. There is like ventilation shafts going from uh, the hallway in the master bedroom inside of uh, the uh, antechamber to the east. Um, it's just again, you were aware that uh, a, a single ventilation was not enough for the fire you guys are created, but spreading it out, uh, you guys can breathe. It is no issue. The books are burned. Uh, heresy is striked off the map. Whatever Owen has learned, that is for him and him alone to know. There's only one more book as there is a, uh, <laughs> it feels heavy within your pockets here, or I should say your bag. I will burn it after I read it or it is connected to how he created a art, um, an artificial calamity. Mm-hmm. Yep, there is uh, research within there. It it truly does fit the name. It is the Shadows of Alchemy. Um, you guys are gathered in this room. You guys do a classic book burning, because that's always good. Um, <laughs> what do you guys do? Strangely quiet, isn't he? The days. All right. I, I will say, even if you check on onto him, he is still hibernating. If you guys want to do a check, I can uh, provide you guys a uh, a check here. It will be. I'm gonna say your choice of either Arcana or Investigation, and I'm gonna say with Investigation. I believe uh, in- Investigation is a uh, intelligence uh, uh, a skill, correct? Or was it Wisdom? Yeah, both of them are okay. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Arcana can uh, be paired with Intelligence. Investigation in this matter is will actually be uh, paired with Wisdom, if you so desire. And I'll offer everyone the roll. Keep in mind, if this is a, a group check, keep in mind we're going to go with, uh, you know, the half and over kind of roll. But if one or two people want to do it, we can provide advantage to one person, or two people can roll it. It's really up to what you guys want to do here. Okay, Mabet's not going to go along with it. What about Aluya? Are you investigating? Are you doing an arcana check here? No. Uh, Eddie and uh, Seer, are you both making the check? Is one providing advantage to the other? Uh, I think this would be a situation where it might be better for Eddie to offer uh, Seer advantage. Yep. Advantage and guidance. Sounds good. Still 16, though. Uh, Flash of genius. Indeed. Okay. That's a 22. Yep, this is a new day, so uh, the current uh, resource spent they have, five out of six, should still work, I believe. 22. 22. All right, so from uh, what you understand is uh, Owen will need about a month. And it, because, again, I am no expert on uh, the human brain, I'm going to say Seer is smarter than me in this aspect. I will tell you that you are aware of a uh, phenomenon when a brain essentially uh, loses its uh, electrical current, uh, basically uh, short circuits or, you know, is deprived of that for so long that as a a defense mechanism, he went into a form of hibernation. And you theorize it will take about a month before uh, Owen is back to his normal self. So right now you have free reign, but he is unguarded and alone. Well, if we're hoping to talk with him, he's not going to be back for a while. He will be 
and dispose of for at least a month. So it's been a week, maybe three more weeks. But he's gone basically right now. Well, I guess like you weren't too much in a hurry. No, but we do have a clock ticking then. I will say if there's nothing else to uh, be handled or said, I will uh, introduce Peckins here. Unless anything else needs to be said or done. Aloysius just thinking, just just one touch. That's it, one touch. Hey, we made an agreement, remember? It was in my head. Well, I have a few things, though. Also, hands Aloysius staff. Hold that for a bit. This, hold it. Alright, that'll make it so that if you feel like you want to give people hugs, you can at least change it so you can give people hugs. Uh, that also applies to combat as well, so keep that in mind. You're losing D12 of uh, damage. Um, she's going to hand the staff back to Seer. Mm-hmm. I guess good to know, but I will figure out a way aside from that to deal with my issue. Well, now you know it exists, so just whatever. But for now, we are in a situation where we could either wait and let them know or we do something else for the time being. Like what, leave a note? Pin it to his giant brain? I think that would hurt their brain, and I don't think they have eyes to read. I'm also going to assume while you guys are gone that you, you're going to be nice enough to at least like close the door or the entry point to the brain. I I don't feel like I need to ask that, but I want to ask that just to be absolutely sure if there's any animosity or any like uh, uh, luck in the wind for this. I mean, I'm nice. Eddie would be nice. Gonna be nice closing the door? Alright, we're gonna close the door. So, I mean, honestly then, Eddie, we already, if we even left and no one figured out we completed their goal, I think the tree lady would resolve the problems. Correct? Or do you think we need to converse with them? Uh, I think just to be safe, we should maybe at least let, I guess we'll call them old Mavet know to serve as a middleman for once we're gone so that he can make sure things go as we asked sounds fair but honestly we only were here to help louie out and looks to Luya. technically we accomplished that goal well we also kind of got well we also got tangled up in uh you know like the situation with you know seal and all of that especially since an actual person was attached to it mm-hmm. but a simple month longer or three weeks longer uh actually i guess i probably would have had to leave the the items necessary for breaking the seal behind i think side swipe to the otter coming up to the door to grandma's house knocking handing over the items swipe back oh that was very convenient <laughs> tandled you're good Okay, just making sure that that happened, because it'd be, like, really awkward. I, I'm sorry, but, uh, like, uh, to lean into the segue, but uh, also to quickly go over Aluya's question. Aluya, did you touch Mavet at any point? What? Yeah, I mean, Mavet's, like, smoke and tree? Yes. Did, did you touch him at any time? Did you say you were going to touch him? Well, I, at some point, thinking that, I would have tried to touch Mavet if he is willing. Do you allow it, Mavet? I wouldn't think anything of her just randomly trying to touch me. Touch your wood. Um, okay. What I want you to do, uh, Mavet, is make me a saving throw. I will uh, offer it to no. you. Oh, yeah. I'm, I 
I specified uh, that it's any living creature, and he is technically living. Even though I died. I won't hesitate to kill you again. Don't fucking test me. All right. Make that roll. And uh, what's your saving throw one more time? It is eight plus... Uh... 17. You made it 17. Yep. Because it was off your charisma. Suddenly, Muppet lights on fire. Yeah. You think it worked? Yeah, it doesn't work on him. Because he felt no electricity. Uh, thanks for the um the pat, Aluya. He smiles brightly at you. Okay. Anyways, like the earlier sitcom, uh, Seer just uh, mentioning Peckins, and you hear down the hallway, Dumper, Dumper, and he eventually uh, walks in and gives everyone a wave. Uh, Might even say, uh, how is everyone today? I think the better question is, how are you doing today? Is something all right or not right? Um, Cox's head towards each person in the party, eyes going between each person and finally landing on a seer. I think uh, he might actually say something along the lines of, uh, There are ruins to the south, and I expect to see not only you, but Jean there as well. Interesting. That does confirm that he's still been around. Then, my question for you, are you going to reside here, or are you wishing to join us? Your job is to investigate the ruins and to make sure that nothing happens. We don't want any extra variables. Everything's set in motion already. Fair enough, then. Shouldn't be too hard to investigate. Mm-hmm. Yep, you get the impression that he is meant to be a caretaker of sorts or a uh, bodyguard for these uh, so-called ruins. You might miss your chef. I did give them a crazy idea. What the hell were you thinking?! What, what am I supposed to eat now? Find something else for me to eat, you dumb bird. I can offer candles and thoughts. That won't do it all. We also have the porcupines that could be very happy that we resolved their problems and they could bring you food. What the hells are you going on about, you nitwit? Your heart will melt when you see them. Don't worry. Oh, I'm sure. With that said, though, we can hey, investigate. Guys, if we if we had another staff... Uh, Seer could have made a uh, a staff of create food and water. I know, right? I don't have enough gold, though, so... Counterspell was also on the table. <laughs> that aside, uh, what ifs aside, um, because we are running on time, uh, Peckins would uh, motion you guys to the door. Is your choice whether you want to follow him or go on to your own path? Pretty sure the path that he was on is probably a safe one. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Any arguments? None. Okay. Half day will pass over. I believe it was either half day's journey or full day's journey. Consistency aside, we're going to go with the half day. Eddie. Yeah? There's going to be a, this is going to be one of the rare moments where after we resolve this, I might do this thing that I haven't done with you in a while. You've done it a lot with Aluya. You've done it with a random person stuck at a dinosaur head. But I think there will be a moment where I need you to hotbox with me. I mean, you're already pretty hot yourself, so that's, like, half the work. I mean, they get stuck, go, like, is that a joke? I am hot. Fair enough. Anyhow, but basically, go, like, I mean, that defeats the point. I I acquire your services because it seems as if you are able to delve in one's minds deeper than they can delve in their own, correct? Uh, yeah, so long as they smoke enough. Well, with the revival of Aluya, 
and them retaining their memories, especially when I slayed their former selves. It confirmed that what happened to me in the past shows that the memories I have are not false or unreal. Something to ignore. Simply recycled. Why I ask is because very often I always have the same dreams. I assume they are the past memories since they're very consistent. So if you were able to jump into that point, maybe you could figure things out such as who am I talking to? What do I look like? Why does everything smell like quinoa every time I'm in that dream? Maybe your previous life you were Peruvian. Who knows? But regardless, there's a lot of smells, but I don't know exactly. And sadly, for the many years I've been alive, no progress. So it would help me greatly if you could spelunk in my mind. I mean, hey, we're buds, right? Indeed. It would also explain things how I feel now that I remember how I view things or view people. And as uh, the tail end of that conversation, uh, you guys eventually reach these uh, ruins. And it, it's weird. It seems to be a marble uh, architecture. But what's strange is it seems almost clockwork in nature. It's a weird mish, uh, mishmash with like a not, not even using metal. It's marble and clockwork. That seems to be uh, the architecture that's uh, dilapidated and in ruins. As you approach on this uh, road here, you uh, do see a couple of familiar things. Firstly, to the south, you see a good old uh, two goblins, one red, one blue, uh, warming their hands over a fire and cooking up a freshly caught pig with uh, some free-range chickens pecking on the ground. To the far south, you see a, a small lake, perhaps a pond, with uh, two gigantic statues that raise up about 45 feet into the air and that are I'd say a good 25, 30 feet in width. One has uh, open palms asking, uh, uh, begging, while the other holds an open uh, bowl and is cloaked in uh, uh, robes. And finally, to the north, you see an unoccupied black carriage. But directly to your east, you see Peckins and a uh, little porcupine guy. And porcupine guy is like nibbling on like an apple sitting on a piece of rubble then gives you a wave as he uh, sees you nearly falling over oh hey look a carriage what okay. do you guys do as you uh enter in on these ruins i would like to sell my wares to mr blue yep you you do so yep keep in mind it like uh although i could reflect it by making the scene darker i'm not going to it is uh two o'clock in the morning approaching three and Mavet begins to stomp off, seeing a familiar goblin. What does the rest of the party do? So, I'll go ahead. No, 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 I'm just looking at my inventory. You're good. Mm -hmm. I have many things in my wares, but I'll wait to see what they have. But you first. I mean, I collected some stuff at the at the keep. I don't actually know if it was worth anything. Uh, I'm going to say with uh, the leftover goods, um, for a resale va value, you can get uh, add... Uh, 126 gold pieces. Now, I know exactly how much it was valued. I want to imagine uh, Eddie or somebody pulling the cart. <laughs> Actually, no, I wanted him in a cart because he would have just put it in his room. Yep, and it explodes out along with some dirty underwear. But, uh, but in which case, though, Eddie would 
uh, well, I'm gonna go say hi to the weird guy uh, as he's going to like go walk in uh, uh, in Gene's direction. Yeah. Um, you do not see Gene anywhere. I'm sorry, I thought you said I, we did see them. My bad. Uh, no, there is no Gene in sight. In which case, he's gonna go over to the carriage because they were told about a carriage a while back ago. Yep. Yes, you were. And as you approach the carriage, uh, please do move your token. Just drag it over there and I'll move the scene. Okay. It's a nice little black carriage to the north of the ruins. And uh, you see a, uh, a wooden coffin on the ground. And the horses are neighing. Uh, they seem actually, uh, as you uh, approach them, the hair seems unusually black and un- unusually white for their tail and mane. Um, and they seem to be lacking in muscle, almost like, uh, mummified, but they just sit idly by, not really moving too much. What do you do? Uh, did someone leave a body? Hmm. Um, I'm going to offer you a check here and only Eddie, you may make, and I'm going to offer you this role. You may make a uh, perception check. I think you would guidance it just because he's actively trying to listen for somebody <laughs> okay with uh, just 10, a 10 yeah uh with the 10 on uh the wind you do hear fawns oh the fawns is here maybe he knows yeah. but i will offer you one more check this is for something uh completely different because i assume you're just investigating like any activity uh like uh presence of uh people who are here um that's like there's a carriage you. here, so like yeah. somebody should have investigation. Yeah, investigation. Oh yeah, yeah. You hear uh, rummaging in the back, and uh, like as you uh, <laughs> begin to investigate, like uh, the overall carriage, you do see uh, three sets of footsteps. Uh, two that apparently went into uh, the ruins. The one to the east on the top uh, right here. I'll ping everyone to see it. There we go. Yeah, to the east. And uh, towards uh, the one set of footsteps, it went to the back of the carriage. And you just hear a little bit of mumbling just going. Now, where did it go? Wait, wait where did it go? Ah, here it is. Uh, okay, I, I, I hope she's not angry with me. And rumbling, rumbling, rumbling. As Eddie wanders to the back of the carriage, like, hello, am I interrupting something? You see a person wearing a black cloak as he goes, Ah! Oh, don't, don't, don't scare me like, like that. Oh, and you see him just covering his uh, face with the hood. You're not supposed to be here. Uh, I think I kind of am, though. I was kind of invited. You, you, you were? She, she didn't, she didn't tell me that, that we got anyone else, but, and he thinks about it for a second. Okay. Well, if if you're if you're here and you're supposed to be here, then I, I guess we're uh, friends. Uh, yeah, we can tell to be friends. Oh, also, you dropped something as he just kind of like points down to the coffin. Oh, please, please don't touch that. It, it, it's super dangerous. I, I'm gonna get in trouble and hurt if I if I let you touch it. Please, please don't touch it. Will it explode? Thinks about it. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, and he cautiously comes out and i do need to uh uh correct myself there were four uh sets of uh footprints i do apologize um but again uh it remains the same one went to the carriage three went to uh the ruins to the east 
the uh, uh, cloaked figure comes out, and you do see, like, uh, through his uh, robes, uh, a blue type of skin. And looking at him, seems very, uh, very short. So then, I guess, like, everybody else went ahead into the ruins? It, yes, they they told me to make sure nothing happened to the, 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 the carriage. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, I forgot. My name's Eddie, and this is Eddie. And he's a bit cautious, and he just goes, You're not like the rest of them, are you? You're not racist, right? Uh, I mean, actually, the last uh, last few weeks, I faced a lot of racism recently. You know, here it are. It, it, it's very hard. You see that there's a lot of weight behind the words. And uh, he ungloves his hand, and you see uh, water-like skin as he holds it out and says, I, I, I'm... Oridon Sp- uh, Springblade. It's it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Nice to meet you, Oridon. And he like takes him by the hand. Yeah, and he squeezes. Very very soft and furry. <laughs> I've been told. If, if, if that's uh, the case, um, if you don't mind, uh, Eddie, um, I have a lot of work to get done. Can can I just? Have some uh, a time alone to get my things figured out. I, I have to st- start unpacking. Oh, no worries, bro. Th- thank you. Yep. And you see him uh, going after crates. And uh, once you uh, see one of the crates comes out, makes contact with coffin, and you see the coffin begin to move. Just a little bit. That's weird. <laughs> Do you go back to the party? <laughs> uh, yep, he would. Said he would give uh, Ordon some privacy, so he like uh, walks back over to the party. Hey guys, looks like they already went into the ruins ahead of us. Oh, how'd you figure that out? I talked to this like really nice dude who over by a carriage, but don't talk to him. He's a bit busy right now. I could see that you are very kind on listening to what people want you to do. I mean, you do the same, right? Agreed. Plus, I don't want to set off a hornet's nest. It does confirm a lot of things, though, so that means... Well, was there anything suspicious about them? I guess I can tell you, but uh, it looks like they might be, like, the opposite of you. Well, first off, Olya, don't go near them. Why not? Probably because your chemistry would be way too high. Secondly, well, that just makes a bigger sign that they are involved with things that we should be afraid of. Oh, also, if you see a coffin, don't touch it. Going to break that too? Well, he wasn't sure if it would explode or not, so I think just to be on the safe side. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we want it to explode. So, I mean, I can handle the explosion. I don't know about the other two. But anyway, then maybe I'll do some looking about then. See if there's any signs or indications similar to what you found. Seems nice enough these one in the chat with you, which means not all of them are vicious. Yeah, he was just seemed more, like, nervous and a bit squirrely. I mean, when you are working with a group of people that look like yourself, and then you probably encounter someone that doesn't know who you are, you probably think that if they saw your face, you probably ripped their head off. Even if you are an otter. Well, if you were a bit taller, I would have called him a tall glass of water. Regardless, though, I'll look about. If I see this person, I won't approach, but I'll look about on their things, and then I'll see if they left any traces, because... He's not alone then. So let, let's go over a couple things. 
Yeah. At, like, if you guys uh, follow the investigation with the set of footprints, they stop within the middle of a room and go nowhere. Uh, looking around, there is no sub-basements, there's no dungeons. It is as you see it on the map at the moment. He informed you that they went to the ruins. They went to the ruins, and the footsteps disappeared, as if they vanished into thin air. Are there any signs of archaeonic runes? Yes, but not in that ruin that uh, the footsteps go to. There are arcane ruins, and they are to the southern. Uh, they are to the southern ruins, and you see a whole bunch of chairs, possibly thrones. And there's a big boy there. Yeah, let's talk about this for a second. I'll move myself there. All right. As you all begin to uh, come closer to the southern ruins, uh, something shocking is there. You see the, I don't want to say desecrated, but the hollow corpse of a genasi. Uh, specifically, uh, the firebird, uh, the necromancer, the phoenix. He is just sitting on the chair, his head in a lull. But his body seems somewhat transparent. Hmm. I wonder if they split. Let me approach this, Eddie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you begin to investigate the ruins, you do see a uh, a map of the world, and you see uh, moving sigils onto this map. It is carved within the mar uh, marble, and you see uh, clockwork uh, behind it. And what you see is a couple things here. Let me make sure that I am doing it proper justice. Hold on one second. Okay. You see one ruin in Adontis, and it is flickering a, uh, a fire red. You know this to be uh, the closest to, uh, to you guys. And if I haven't said it already, I'm going to reiterate it. Uh, it's been a while since you guys did some land travel. It is super fucking hot. It's 125 degrees. And occasionally you have ash snowing from the sky. The next one you see is uh, flickering. It is to the north and south in both oceans. And uh, you see this as a uh, locus. Locus encompasses uh, uh, both of uh, the oceans. The uh, Titan Sea and the Ink Sea. Essentially, it's ruled by uh, uh, one kingdom of Triton. The next one that you see is in Thubaran. You know this to be the land of the Yanti, and deep within the desert, it uh, glows a faint brown. And I feel like your hand lingers at this last one. You see a flickering ruin in the land of the giants, Urgulmir. And just to the north of the bright white ruin that is flickering you see a tiny red ruin you don't you don't know what these ruins stand for what they are but you feel what that tiny red ruin to the north of the blinking white one that it feels homey but yeah that's an overview of this just carved out world map with these flickering ruins and you see with all the chairs, uh, there is an assortment of ruins that match the ones on this world map. And each one is carved within uh, the chair. But weirdly enough, you see the carving slightly turn and twist mechanically onto uh, uh, within the chair itself. Much like a Rubik's Cube. Mm. 
Well, Addy, I think we figured out why their feet disappeared. Uh, you gotta watch that first step. It's a bit of a doozy. Mm-hmm. So is this, this is the map of the world. You can see here the sea that you are from. Little indicators of where other people are. I don't know what the runes say, but it seems strangely accurate. Looking upon the floor, you see a strange arcane uh, circle of sorts, or squares, better put, as you see these uh, three uh, three thrones uh, on each side of you, uh, seven in total, one directly in front, three on each side. Beneath it is, I wouldn't say chalk, but again, uh, more carving. And it makes you feel... It makes your eyebrow raise as this seems reminiscent of what you found at Owen's dungeon, the uh, magic circle. Interesting. Addie, I think we found a spot we might need to test a bit around. Although, before we test it, I do need to state one curiosity for our own safety. Before I go into great detail to like what's going on, I have to check the body. You uh, check the body, and it is like you're phasing through a ghost. It seems like he is there only in spirit. If you so wished, you could sit in the chair where he is sitting. God damn it, Graham. So tempted. Um, Before you guys do anything substantial, that's where we'll end the session for today. Thank you guys so much. This has been House Common Blood. The intro and outro music is Oh My Dog by Savick. And any other music and sound effects used in this episode are royalty free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Where is the fire?